Philip and I are now joined by Corey Evans. He is the a national basketball analyst for Rivals.com, and he's here to talk a little bit of recruiting as uh, you know, as it pertains to what's all going on right now in the world and how it's affecting uh, college basketball as a whole. Corey, how you doing today? Oh, hanging in there, man. I'm doing great, guys. How about yourself? That's all we can do at this point, right? Uh, literally, we're hanging in there. Yep, no doubt about that. <laughs> I, I I know that like the 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 one big takeaway is I hope we all continue to wash our hands. But I think I've washed my hands more in the last like three weeks than I washed my hands in the past like ten years before that. I'm not like gross. Like I wash my hands, but at the same time, I didn't wash my hands twenty times a day. So <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually had to go out and buy uh, some moisturizer and some lotion because I've washed it so much. So <laughs> I'm right there with you on that. So. I, I want to start I'm just for, for you and for other guys in your industry. Um, how is this, how is the coronavirus affecting you trying to cover recruiting, trying to keep track of players and, and keep track of guys? Obviously you're not traveling to go see them, traveling to see them play, have, being able to do interviews outside of just over the phone or email. How, how is this affecting you guys in trying to cover uh, recruiting both in basketball and in football? Yeah, for, for right now it's, it's somewhat easy, I guess, because we've all, or you built those relationships up and we cover these kids. So um, that is the, the 2020 guys and the transfer guys. But um, we're, we're going to see the next six weeks because, you know, last night was expected to be McDonald's All-American game. Um, I was supposed to be in Atlanta today for the Final Four for the next three, four days. And, and then uh, the travel circuit was expected to begin here in uh, next week. So – for the most part right now, it's it's just straight every day. It's watching film. Um, it's making a lot of phone calls. It's more film. It's more phone calls. Um, just trying to really bank on those relationships that we have. But it's, it's just nothing that we've become accustomed to. I mean, I spent 150, 160 plus days on the road every year to now being in my house for a month straight, um, which might be two, three, four months straight. That might be the longest I've ever been in my house for that long. So it's uh, or off the road for that long. So it's just trying to find ways to uh, to be uh, productive and efficient. So obviously, I want to focus on the 2020 class, and we're going to talk some Oklahoma State specific here in a minute. But from a from a national standpoint, obviously the, the recruiting dead period is it has been extended to May 31st for for D1 and D2. Um, for for 2020 hoops prospects, I know majority of them have have committed or signed with the schools they're going to go to, but there are, are quite a few that haven't, and some big names. Um, and like I said, we'll talk about OSU specific, but that includes guys like J T. Thor, who Oklahoma State's after, um, Donovan Williams as well. Uh, what kind of impact is this having on on these kids? Because this is you know, for if you haven't made a, had a choice yet, or if you're the Donovan Williams who had 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 his five official visits scheduled, but now they're they're probably not going to happen. You're not going to get to take one. How are recruits handling this stuff? What are ways that uh, that schools are trying to help um, continue this process without an ability to actually have face to face time with some of these kids? Yeah, it's uh, you know, some of these kids they they realize they hoped or they thought that um, April fifteenth they'd begin to take visits again. Uh, until yesterday, finally the NCAA came down and extended that till May 31st. Um, but I think yesterday was the realization that uh, I'm not going to be able to take visits in, before I commit. So yeah, it's difficult. I mean, 
coaches are, what they're doing is, you know, they're FaceTiming, they're, they're Skyping, they're literally driving through campus on a golf cart and showing kids campus that they haven't been to before. Um, end of the day, though, uh, for some of these guys, it's, it's not about the campus. It's about the feel and the relationship and trust in the coaching staff. And, you know, that, that, that can't all be gained by a phone call. Um, but they're going to have to make that leap um, on the trust side that this person I'm talking to every day, that's the one that I want to be around the next eight months or three years. Um, so, yeah, yesterday was the defining moment for some of these guys like Donovan Williams, who is understanding now that I can't take visits and I'm, I'm going to have to be committing here soon, uh, sight unseen. Well, you just answered my question, so that was also where I was about to go to next was about Donovan Williams specifically and him not being able to take <laughs> visits. Um, but I'll try and phrase it another way. How do you think this affects, you know, where he leans now? Um, Oklahoma State seems to be a pretty good player for him, but uh, do you think there's still opportunities elsewhere for him? Like, how do you think this affects his final decision? Yeah, you know, I think um... – I think it's going to be more about, like I just said, it's who he's going to trust the most. And I think he's developed a great relationship with Mike Boyden and Oklahoma State staff compared to these other schools that are getting into the picture late in the process. Um, so I'm not sure how great he is with Kansas and A&M and Texas, but uh, I think Oklahoma State and a school like Kansas State are two schools that he's really developed a strong bond with since backing off his commitment earlier in the year from Nebraska. So with, with Williams and Thor, those are the two names I think Oklahoma State fans are most familiar with as far as top prospects that, to, to round out this 2020 class. Uh, OSU landed the, the grad transfer fair and flavors, uh, which, which leaves them with just one scholarship left available. And, and for those who don't understand, um, with basketball, it's, it's not so much so much about how many scholarships you have in a class, it's just how many you have have total. So, so at this point they have one available scholarship. Um, so barring someone else leaving or something happening with, with, a, with a member of the class, there's only one left to go. And, and two players that we're, we're talking about um, of, of Williams and Thor, which one at this point do you feel more strongly will end up at OSU if, if either one? This might surprise you, but Thor actually, um, I think Thor is someone that is not too far off committing in the next few weeks. Um, was expected to visit Auburn um, before the, the Corona pandemic um, forced the, you know, for all visits to be canceled. Um, and he's going to have to commit before he officially visits Auburn. He, he unofficially visited Auburn uh, back in February, but and it's a three-horse race right now. It's Auburn, it's UCLA, it's Oklahoma State. He's not going to UCLA. Um, it's going to be Auburn or Oklahoma State. Um, Auburn definitely definitely made a, a you know late run at things, but I think that just the relationship there with um, JT's family and JT with Coach Boynton and the rest of his staff and also Kid Cunningham is probably one of the best prospect recruiters I've come across the past few years. I think uh, Thor will ultimately and finally, because I've been reporting it for four months now that he would commit to Oklahoma State, 
will finally, uh, you know, pledge OK State and uh, sign in the coming weeks. So that, that's that's interesting because I I've seen quite a few people who feel that 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 Auburn is his lane. Obviously, JT Thor's recruitment is one that Oklahoma State fans have followed pretty closely. Um, felt like he was going to commit to OSU for a while there, and then it, then there was a feel he might lean Kentucky, and then might not go to college, and then obviously Auburn has been making a strong push for for him and a few other players as well. What is it? And I, and I know you kind of mentioned that you feel comfortable with the uh, with that. Uh, but with with their relationship with Oklahoma State, but as far as fit goes, do you you feel Thor is a better fit for this class and rounding it out than than Williams is? I'm just, I think my thing has been it's felt close so many times, and I know you're a person who stayed on the Thor to OSU bandwagon. I'm just having a hard time buying in on a guy who just seems like he has he's having a really hard time making up his mind. Yeah, I I, I understand that, and I agree with you. Um, and honestly, Donovan Williams might be a better fit because of the shooting. And I think the more shooters you put on the floor, especially around a guy like Kay Cunningham, the better off you're going to be. But there also is a talent discrepancy there. Uh, I think Thor is the superior talent. Um, and you, you place him alongside Cade and vice versa. And Thor is actually someone six eight. Six nine that can handle and pass and can kind of move Kate off the ball in spurts that Donovan can't um, or isn't able to do. So I think the front court would be um, a nightmare for opponents with the Boons returning. Um, you know, your and I and uh, Matthew Alexander Moncrief coming in as well. Um, I get the uh, intrigue about Donovan. You know, the, the shooting, the 6'5", size and all that. You know, Oklahoma State losing a guy like Lindley Waters and Thomas Diagua. But Thor's talent, I think, trumps so between, all so else. So it seems like we're, we've talked about both, but should Oklahoma State round out their class with either of those guys, um, how do you feel about the class as a whole for Oklahoma State? Talk about maybe with, like, with Thor added in and then – or if it ends up being Williams, how do you feel that – either of these guys round out the class? If we're talking also about uh, flavors thrown into the mix, I think it's as great of a group of individuals and a collection of individuals that Oklahoma State could have surmised early in the process. Um, I mean, let's throw out Kate Cunningham. Let's forget about Kate. I mean, you throw in Rondell Walker, who's a top 150 guy. You throw in Matthew Alexander Moncrief, who's a high four-star guy. Um, Montreal Pena in due time will be solid. Um, Flavors is a shot-making weapon to the extreme. And then a guy like JT Thor, who in past years, Oklahoma State's would be clamoring, Oklahoma State fans will be clamoring for. And they're forgetting about how good he is because you have the number one player in America heading your way. You throw in Cade, who is the winner of all winners and has, I mean, I've talked about the kids lost two games in the past 12 months combined. Um, I've never seen anything like it before. Um, And that's just who he is. I mean, he's played at the highest level on the EYBL circuit, the highest level on the high school circuit with Montverde guys. They respect him. They like him. They want to play with him because they know he's going to make the best, out of it all 
So you, you throw you throw Kate into the mix um, with what is returning. Um, it's a pretty special collection, I think. So obviously, we're the focus is on 2020, um, but this is what's happening right now is going to have effect on recruiting for a while and down the line. Um, 2020 has been the big year. It's been it feels like since Mike Boynton um, took the job in Stillwater, his primary focus from a recruiting standpoint. Um, he, he trying to get Ked Cunningham, uh, trying to build this team. But after this 2020-21 season, you know, Cade is, Cade's a one and done. He's going to be gone. Who knows who else from this team might might leave early. Looking to 2021 and, and that recruiting class, how, how do you feel like that's going for Oklahoma State? Um, I, 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 obviously, they're not going to have a class like this one coming in. You're not going to have a guy who's basically the, the top player in the country coming in. In, in the 2021, but how do you feel like 2021 is going for OSU and how is there real concern about what's happening right now and, and how it will affect Mike Boynton and that class? There's concern because Oklahoma State is one of the better evaluating programs out there. So you can't really evaluate to the extreme they want to without having games to watch. I mean, video can only do so much. So it does hurt. Um, but I will say this, it helps when you have a head coach like Mike Boyden who recruits like a third assistant on a coaching staff, who is out there, who is working the phones, um, who has connections up and down the East Coast, in the deep South, of course, in Oklahoma. Um, so you, you wish they had a commitment um, in the hopper for 2021. Um, there is talk about, you know, redshirting potentially Montreal Pena, which could really count as a 2021 guy. Um, but I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think they've done a great job of getting out and about and, and really uh, laying the foundation down with the right prospects in the uh, rising senior class, whether it be the local guy like a Trey Alexander um, or kids down in Florida like Devo Coleman and Alex Fudge. Um, they've definitely kicked the tires in the right direction with the top prospects that they should be. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I like, I like hearing that Mike Boynton's just an insane recruiter. That's, that's the vibe we all get. And that seems how it's going, but it's nice to hear uh, someone who covers this nationally, basically confirming that for us. Yeah. I will say this, that Mike is probably, I don't want to say the hardest because I might be forgetting someone here, but he is, Definitely one of the top five hardest workers I've, uh, I'm involved with. I, I see, I, I know about, I hear about uh, working the recruiting end um, from the head coaching well, perspective. great to hear. Well, I think we'll end on that high note right there. Corey, this, this has been fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for your insight today. <laughs> for anyone that uh, doesn't follow your work, where can they do that on social media? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, first, of course, Rivals.com, and then also on Twitter at, excuse me, at Corey Evans underscore right, thank you so much, Corey. I'm sure we'll uh, have you one on zero. Soon. I look forward to it. Thanks a lot, guys.